Hello, readers and writers. My name is Claire. Welcome to the first full episode of The Page Turner. I am so excited to share my thoughts and opinions with y'all as we go on this reading journey. Today, we are going to cover the first book in the Hunger Games series, a titular novel. Its sequel, Catching Fire, will be covered next week. Then we will cover the finale, Walking Jay, and the series spinoff, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Just a fair warning, there will probably be some spoilers ahead, so proceed at your own risk. We have a lot to unpack, so let's go ahead and get started. Now, Candace has been in the running for the Hunger Games since she was 12, but today is her younger sister Prim's first reaping. If she gets chosen, she will certainly die a painful death at the hands of some much stronger opponents, but the odds are in her favor. Her name is only in there once. I think the fact that they pointed out how slim the chances are for Prim is definitely foreshadowing. Even if you've never heard anything about this book, after reading this sentence, you can get an idea of what's about to happen. However, before they head to the reaping, Katniss needs distraction, and that distraction happens to be hunting with her best friend Gale. And this is where my annoyance with Katniss's love life begins. They feel like it's necessary for Katniss to have a love interest at every turn, and that inevitable love triangle with Katniss, Kale, and Peeta is just ridiculous, but we'll cover that in a bit. After their hunting escapades are over, the moment of truth begins, and obviously, Prim is chosen, no surprise there. But as an overprotective older sister, Katniss swoops in as a deus ex machina and volunteers to take Prim's place. Along with Katniss, a boy is chosen. Our part of District 12, nicknamed The Seam, is usually crawling with coal miners, heading out to the morning shift at this hour. Men and women with hunched shoulders, swollen knuckles, many who have long since stopped trying to scrub the coal dust out of their broken nails, the lines of their sunken faces. But today, the black cinder streets are empty. Shutters in the squat gray houses are closed. The reaping isn't until two. May as well sleep in, if you can. Now, Candace has been in the running for the Hunger Games since she was 12, but today is her younger sister Prim's first reaping. If she gets chosen, she will certainly die a painful death at the hands of some much stronger opponents, but the odds are in her favor. Her name is only in there once. I think the fact that they pointed out how slim the chances are for Prim is definitely foreshadowing. Even if you've never heard anything about this book, after reading this sentence, you can get an idea of what's about to happen. However, before they head to the reaping, Katniss needs distraction, and that distraction happens to be hunting with her best friend Gale. And this is where my annoyance with Katniss's love life begins. They feel like it's necessary for Katniss to have a love interest at every turn, and that inevitable love triangle with Katniss, Kale, and Peeta is just ridiculous, but we'll cover that in a bit. After their hunting escapades are over, the moment of truth begins, and obviously, Prim is chosen, no surprise there. But as an overprotective older sister, Katniss swoops in as a deus ex machina and volunteers to take Prim's place. Along with Katniss, a boy is chosen.
trinket across his back to the podium, smooths the slip of paper, and reads out the name in a clear voice. It's not me. It's Primrose Everdeen. There must have been some mistake. This can't be happening. Prim is one slip of paper in thousands. Her chances of being chosen were so remote that I had not even bothered to worry about her. Hadn't I done everything? Taken the tesserae? Refused to let her do the same? One slip. One in thousands. The odds had been entirely in her favor. But it hadn't mattered. I volunteer, I gasp. I volunteer as tribute. There's some confusion on the stage. District 12 hasn't had a volunteer in decades, and the protocol has become rusty. The rule is that once a tribute's name has been pulled from the ball, another eligible boy, if a boy's name has been read, or a girl, if a girl's name has been read, can step forward to take his or her place. In some districts, in which winning the reaping is a gr- such a great honor, people are eager, eager to risk their lives. The volunteering is complicated. But in District 12, where the word tribute is pretty much synonymous with the word corpse, volunteers are all but extinct. What an exciting day, Effie Trinket warbles as she attempts to straighten her wig, which is listed severely to the right. But more excitement to come! It's time to choose our boy tribute! Clearly hoping to contain her tenuous hair situation, she plants one head on her head, head hand on her head. So now Katniss has to say her goodbyes. She shares sorrowful farewells with her mother, sister, and Gail, and has an odd encounter with the mayor's daughter, who gives her a pen with the mutant bird of the Mockingjay, which will have importance later in the series. Soon, Katniss and Peeta meet up with their alcoholic mentor, Hamish, the only surviving Hunger Games victor from District 12. He gives the two teens unhelpful advice and causes Katniss to get very angry at him. This doesn't give either Katniss or Hamish good first impressions, which gives the relationship room to grow into something closer. Soon they arrive at the capital, where the Hunger Games are being held. However, before the games begin, the tributes need to be trained and, of course, exploited by the press. I'm coming back into focus when Caesar asked him if he has a girlfriend back home. Peta hesitates, then gives him an unconvincing shake of his head. Handsome lad like you, there must be some special girl. Come on, what's her name? says Caesar. Peta sighs. Well, there is this one girl. I've had a crush on her ever since I can remember, but I'm pretty sure she didn't even know I was alive until the reaping. Sounds of sympathy from the crowd, unrequited love they can relate to. She have another fellow? asks Caesar. I don't know. But a lot of boys like her, says Peta. So here's what you do. You win, you go home. She can't turn you down then, eh? Says Caesar encouragingly. I don't think it's going to work out. Winning won't help in my case, says Peta. Why ever not? Says Caesar, mystified. Peta blushes beet red and stammers out. Because, because she came here with me. You had no right, 
no right to go saying those things about me, I shouted Peta. Now the elevator's open, and the whole crew is there. Effie, Hamish, Sina, and Portia. It was my idea, says Peta, wincing as he pulls spikes of pottery from his palms. Hamish just helped me with it. Yes, Hamish is very helpful. To you, I say. You are a fool, Hamish has in disgust. Do you think he hurt you? That boy just gave you something you could never achieve on your own. He made me look weak, I say. He made you look desirable. And let's face it, you can all you can use all the help you can get in that department. You were about as romantic as dirt until he said he wanted you. Now they all do. You're all they're talking about. The star-crossed lovers from District 12. After much training, talking, and dressing up, and being warped into star-crossed lovers by the press, Katniss and Peeta are ready for the games, along with the other 22 tributes. After gathering at the cornucopia and hearing the blaring sound of a horn, the Hunger Games begin. I'm not going to go into too much detail over the games themselves, because that would take longer time than you want to be here, so I'll just tell you what you need to know. Death. Lots of death. Honestly, it's tedious after a while, but then we meet some characters that distract us from death for a little while. First and foremost on this list is Rue. She's a small 12-year-old girl that is skilled at hiding. After Katniss has an unfortunate encounter that involves PETA and stinging bugs called Tracker Jackers, Rue finds Katniss and takes care of her. In turn, Katniss lets her share her food, and they form a strong bond, which turns into a strong alliance. This alliance is going well until they decide to get cocky and steal an opposing alliance's supplies, which fails. As a result, the alliance comes for them. This is Peter's old alliance, but he has nowhere to be found. After quite the struggle, the members of the alliance are either killed or scared off. But before they're gone, they get Rue, who dies, tugging at the heartstrings of every reader. Downhearted, Katniss goes on a hunt for food and finds a camouflaged Peta, who is hiding from his former alliance. The two decide to team up and feel the country's obsession with their so-called romance. Even though their affection is mostly for show, it becomes obvious that the two are harboring some levels of feelings for each other. I step out in the cool evening air, just as the parachute floats down from the sky. My fingers quickly undo the tie, hoping for some real medicine to treat Peter's leg. Instead, I find a pot of hot broth. Hamish couldn't be sending me a clearer message. One kiss equals one pot of broth. I can almost hear his snarl. You're supposed to be in love, sweetheart. The boy's dying. Give me something I can work with. And if he's right, I want to keep Peter alive. I've got to give the audience something more to care about. Star-crossed lovers desperate to get home together. Two hearts beating as one. Romance. And this is where my opinions come out. Peta and Katniss just aren't good for each other. Their romance feels so bland, even in the movie. These two really feel like they're faking it the whole series, even though the plot shows that they're not. I feel like if they had just been closer as friends first, the romance would fit just fit better. Anyway, back to the story. The tributes are starting to narrow down to the last few, and they have faced many trials along the way. Only a few remain. 
And that's when the capital drops the big twist. If two tributes from the same district are the last ones, they can win together. Though Katniss and Peeta think they're getting an advantage, they should know the capital isn't trustworthy. After many bloody encounters with the few remaining tributes, Katniss and Peeta are the only ones left thinking they've won. That is, until the capital makes an announcement. Greetings to the final contestants of the 74th Hunger Games. The earlier revision has been revoked. Closer examination of the rulebook has disclosed that only one winner may be allowed, he says. Good luck, and may the odds be ever in your favor. There's a small burst of static, and then nothing more. I stare at Peta in disbelief as the truth sinks in. They never intended to let us both live. It's all been devised by the game makers to guarantee the most dramatic showdown in history. And like a fool, I bought into it. This book is definitely my personal favorite in the series. It gives us the most background on the characters, and I think it portrays them in the best light. Some pros in this book. It is very intriguing. It's one of those books that keeps you on the edge of your seat. One of the ones you don't stop reading unless you fall asleep or your Kindle dies. My favorite parts of this book are the parts before the game themselves. It shows you more of what daily life is like in Panem, and how its imperfectness starts to show through the cracks. I also love Katniss's relationship with Rue. They could very believably be sisters, and it's easier for Katniss to be natural with her because she already has a young sister who she loves dearly. Rue's death is one of the few book moments that has actually made me sad, almost cried. Some cons. Obviously, Katniss's romantic relationship with anyone. The author just doesn't do a great job of giving Katniss a believable love interest, whether it be Gale or Peeta. I will touch on this more as the series goes on and as relationships developed. The movie adaptation was subpar and the special effects were pretty bad. Granted, it was a low-budget film from 2012, but Sheikles are far superior, but I'm not giving it credit. We're not here to review movies. Well, that's it for today's episode of The Page Turner. I hope you liked it, and I hope that you will come back next week for our coverage of Catching Fire. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you next time. Bye.